Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mormonish. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Landon. And it is time yet again for another update. Um, Temple Watch 2023. Is that what we should call it, Landon? I think so. <laughs> this, uh, they're just keep going on these uh, temple issues that are, keep arising. The church seems to be able to uh, just heard about every community. <laughs> that they oh, God, I know. <laughs> I know. And we're not we're not laughing. I mean, Landon was laughing, but we're not really laughing. We're just kind of like incredulous about this because uh, the two situations that Landon and I are a little closer to, of course, are Cody, Wyoming, that temple that's slated to be built there and also the Heber Valley Temple. And so uh, several things have happened in the last month or so, or actually even the last couple of weeks in both communities. So we thought, uh, because we have so many people emailing us, writing us, commenting, you know, saying what is happening with that situation, we thought it was time to prepare um, and present a little update on both these situations. So this is going to be a two for one. We're calling this a tale of two temples. And I guess maybe we could say it's the best of times. Not really. It's the worst of times, <laughs> maybe as both of these two cities, as we said, again, Cody, Wyoming and Heber Valley are, you know, just trying to um, see if the temples could be built in a location that's more conducive, more appropriate for their community, not going to cause the problems that they're causing in the locations that are now chosen. Again, they welcome an LDS temple in their community. They are excited to have it there. They just want the church to follow the ordinances, uh, laws of the land, and let's see if we can work with the community and find a place where the temple is going to fit in and not cause the issues that so many concerned residents in both cities are worried about. Would you say that's 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 how it is, Landon. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, we hear how important temple ordinances are, but evidently city ordinances aren't as important. Uh, oh, my gosh. When it comes to temples, <laughs> uh, because they seem to find a way around every ordinance and, and override yeah. and get special permissions and whatnot uh, for each of these. So. Yeah. And, you know, as you said that, it made me also think that the purpose of temples is to join people and join families. And both of these temples are actually um, causing divisiveness in these communities as, you know, people across the spectrum. I mean, we have faithful LDS in both communities that have said, I don't think this is a good place for the temple. So it's not just down party lines, is it? It really is a citizen's issue, but it's causing a lot of concern um, in yeah. both of these communities. Of course, the hard part is when you're a member and you try to express uh, yeah. differences with the church, you all of a sudden become vilified by the other yeah. members of the church. And we've seen several of the people we talk to who are actually afraid to speak out, even though they'll share with us how they feel. They're afraid to speak out because of the backlash they get from the church and their leaders. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And as we'll see later in the podcast, um, some faithful members have spoken out, but in a more clandestine way, you know, through, well, we'll talk about that because it's kind of interesting what's happening. But yeah, let's just dive right in. I, a Tale of Two Temples, and I believe we are going to start with the Cody, Wyoming Temple Update. Oh, that's such a beautiful picture. I just love that. The landscape yeah. behind the picture in the front. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Cody is a is a wild, wide open Western town, 
and uh, it has some beautiful views and entrance. You know, it's 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 uh, I think it's like 50 miles from the entrance to Yellowstone, but it's kind of mm -hmm. the last town before you get into and you go past beautiful state parks and whatnot. So it's a it's a gorgeous area. Sure. Yeah. And as we talked about in our, and I, we should tell everybody who's coming across maybe this for the first time, we do have two other podcasts, one completely devoted to Cody and one completely devoted to Heber to kind of explain the situation. And we'll link those in the show notes for sure. So there's a great article, um, actually many articles that come out. Cody is lucky in that it seems like the media is getting the word out about what's happening. Um, we'll talk about later that Heber doesn't necessarily <laughs> have that, but Cody seems like every week or so, um, there's some newspaper, something online reporting about what is happening there. Um, so this was an article in the, it was in the, oh my gosh, can you read that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it's called breaking news city of Cody issues per building permit for LDS temple construction. And basically um, they're just reporting on the most recent thing to happen. Um, it was kind of at a stalemate, wasn't it, Landon? Um, the church had filed several lawsuits. The mayor had withheld the permit, just saying, whoa, 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 let's just wait. Let's just see what's happening. And it was kind of sitting there for a couple of weeks, wasn't it? Well, basically, the city said, look, uh, you filed a bunch of uh, lawsuits. So now let's let those lawsuits go through and let's see how they play out before we issue any building permits since you uh, have filed suit against us. And so he the mayor put a moratorium basically and told uh, the planning commission not to issue the building permit while it went through the legal uh, issues. And you can exactly. guess what happened as a result of that. <laughs> well, and we should say how many lawsuits um, the church um, was up to, I think, two official lawsuits and then some little stays of I think my notes are on the floor here. Um, uh, some other little stays, right, that they were going to issue, a, which could be could be called a lawsuit, I guess. Um, and then the, the residents, there's a group called Preserve Our Cody Neighborhoods. And they had filed some countersuits. And so it was kind of back and forth. And then the mayor just said, let's let those play out. And the permit is not going to be issued right now. Correct. And then the church sued them again um, and threatened yes. that uh, they would charge the city for all of the co lost costs of the time and the delays associated with this. They basically threatened to sue them into oblivion. And so yep. the city uh, caved and basically issued the permits. And I think uh, that's our next slide. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, yeah, uh, when the lawyers got involved and threatened the city, the city uh, came out and said, basically, uh, the mayor and the city council said, we've got a responsibility to the city to maintain fiscal, uh, you know, responsibility. We we can either fight the temple and not have our schools and our, you know, sidewalks and our roads, uh, or we can uh, withdraw and, and, and issue the, the building permit. So the city withdrew uh, uh, and, and issued the building permit, uh, leaving POCN on their own uh, to, to fight the fight. Exactly. And I think that's our next slide. And again, POCN refers to preserve our coding neighborhood. And so that's exactly what happened at that point. 
the city is no longer involved. They're going to take care of their city concerns. And now it's a residence group, Preserve Our Cody Neighborhood, that is going to fight on. And that graphic is from one of the newspaper articles where they're calling it kind of a David and Goliath fight, which it really is. It really is. Yeah. And this, the sad part here is, is you've got a, a church that doesn't have to pay taxes, that gets tax exemption from everything, now <clears throat> has grown so large that it can oversee and dominate a city. And if if we remember that, you know, in the U.S., uh, and one of the things the church always fights is this separation of church and state and saying freedom of religion. Well, we've gotten to this point where religion can dominate uh, local city councils. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to see in the case of Heber, uh, counties, uh, states, they have they have complete political control and they're not even paying taxes. They're getting a tax yeah. exemption from this. Meanwhile, the, the city of Cody, the citizens now have to, uh, in order to fight on, and, and uh, the, the key thing to, to find here is, is this fight is not over just because the building permit has been issued. Uh, the, the court uh, proceedings are going to continue. Um, and so, uh, but it's now the citizens who have to raise the money uh, to fight uh, enforcement of the, of the city ordinances and that's what uh that's that's the situation that uh, cody finds themselves in at this point exactly and you really can't blame the city at all i mean there's the point where they have to say okay we you know there's we can't do anything against this <laughs> anymore i mean they're going to wipe our wipe us out financially there's nothing we can do I, I mean i think they did everything they could do and at this point just had to recede um but the neighborhood group they're extremely tenacious and determined and they have gone, let's see, they've gone, do we have, a, what's the next slide? Let me see if we're going to talk about that. Okay. Okay. And at this point, the permit has been issued. However, they have asked that the church hold off construction. Um, what you see in the lower half of this picture are all the prefabricated parts of the temple that were put on a member's property just sitting there waiting like they've been there for a while like very confident this is going to happen so we're just going to park the materials here so those are just sitting there waiting yeah the church did in. not wait for the permit they uh, yeah if you remember the city uh, planner is lds uh one of the city councilmen one of the new city councilmen who got put on after the temple was announced uh or i LDS. think zoning is was the uh, zoning was lds uh, I'm sorry, uh, the, the planning commission, the planning commission, the planning and zoning. Yeah, I think, yeah. yes, I think um, that is so, so. And so he got put on. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, the church, uh, moved forward, uh, fully confident that they were going to be able to ram this through. And when that didn't happen, uh, they started filing all these lawsuits. And to me, one of the mm -hmm. reasons they're filing all these lawsuits is, is because they've already built the temple. There's all the pieces right yeah. there. It's right and, there. They, they're going, uh, we can't change it now because we went <laughs> ahead and moved forward without the proper permitting and the proper, uh, you know, requirements. And now they're forcing uh, the city to uh, to cave in by just constant barrage of lawsuits. And it has really caused a lot of division in the city of Cody. Uh, we've talked to people on both sides and they they just all talk about the how divisive this has been for the city. Yeah. And that even if this temple does get built, it's now no longer going to be a symbol of, of 
God or of church, oh, it's no. going to be a, a, a big, you know, middle finger to the community. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what the steeples become now is a, not a symbol. <laughs> the church wants to say it points to God and the city says it's a big middle finger pointed yeah. to us saying, you know, this is what uh, we can do to you guys. Uh, yeah. And and uh, we've got the power to to, to destroy your city and, and we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think because, you know, we talked to both um, citizens groups in Heber and Cody and they all kind of started out the same way. These are religious people. Um, they are happy to have a temple in their community. You know, they want it to follow the laws and, and the zoning regulations in the city. And at the beginning, they all said, well, we'll just all work through it. You know, we're all religious people. We all want the same thing. We all care about our communities. We'll, we will work through this. But then as time has gone on, both groups kind of say, what is this that we're up against? Who who are these people? Why are they doing this? You know, there's just this sense of they can't believe it. Do you kind of get that that oh, feeling that's too? Absolutely the feeling that we see uh, spread out as people are going, this is just incredible that uh, a church is acting this way. Mm -hmm. What church acts like this? Um, yeah. That... And, and, and it's not that, uh, you know, you'll hear people say these are religious bigots they don't want the the nope. the, the uh temple there Let, let's let's get this straight there are chapels in cody nobody mm -hmm. protested anything about mm -mm. chapels being built in the city but they're not lit up like a roman candle they're not 200 feet you know 110 feet tall they fit into the environment and that's all they're asking for the temple yeah Make it fit into the environment in a place zoned appropriately. If you're going to make mm -hmm. it 110 feet tall, put it in a place where other structures are, are uh, you know, make it match the, the community. And we do the same thing with Walmarts, you know. You say, yeah. if you're going to build a Walmart, they have it to needs fit. to fit in with the fill of the community. And, and, we, and planning and zoning commissions put those requirements and say, you must adhere to these requirements. But somehow, just because you're a church, you get to, you know, ignore all rules uh, because you say freedom of religion, while at the same time you're you're forcing your religious practice on the entire community, and and is that right? Is that right? No, and, and I think balance. we have to. There needs to be a balance, and I think we have to look at the hundreds of temples that are built with no problem, yeah. <laughs> and those are built, you know in places where they're zoned for. They move very easily into the community and are welcomed. The common denominator I see with Cody and with Heber are that these are more, I don't know, they're they're created for show almost. You know what I mean? The Cody Temple is on a hill at the gateway to Yellowstone. Heber's in this very prominent position. It's almost like uh, when it's more of a destination or an ostentatious sort of a presentation, that's where the problems arrive because it isn't just fitting into the community as a integral part of the community. Well, it's well, it's something set apart. Both of these communities are tourist destinations yes. where yes. people who want to be in the outdoors go. These are outdoor yeah. destinations and to build these giant glowing buildings yeah. uh, in these destination communities that, that, sell themselves as an outdoor recreation right. community it just ruins the whole vibe that they've worked yep. all this time to build yep and we saw an example of that in st george area didn't we we were there just a couple of weeks ago and or, or yeah just a couple of weeks ago and we were driving and we looked up and we're like 
what is that? There was a giant, you know, your, your eyes kind of going on the beautiful, you know, the panorama, the sky, and then what's that? There was a massive building. It was the, what is it called again? The red uh, I can't remember desert red ledges, red skies. Anyway, there's a new temple there. Red cliffs. I think it was red, red cliffs or something. Yeah, absolutely ginormous, you know, and it's sort of a sandstone color. So I can see that they, you know, were trying to fit it in, but again, tourist area, panoramic view and, and any, then we started noticing almost any road you drove down. That's what you could see at the end of it. And, and to me, there's no question why it was put there. Oh, so that you could see it from everywhere. <laughs> they design it to draw your eye to it. Yeah. And yeah. and here you are in a beautiful outdoor setting and you're trying to draw people's eyes onto this building rather than to the outdoor experience right. that they went there to have. And to me, that's the, the problem that these communities have. Put it there, go do your worship, but it doesn't need to be something that draws everyone's attention away from what we're trying to sell or what we're trying to market our city as, as an outdoor destination. Exactly. And, and the temple doesn't have the meaning. I know it's hard to hear to other people that it does to people of the LDS faith. When you're LDS and you see a temple, I mean, and I remember this feeling, I, like I said, I'm looking at the Mount Timpanogos temple right now out my window and I purchased my house you know, so that I could see that out my window and my kids could be raised seeing that out their windows. It had a meaning to me, but other people, when they look at the Cody temple or the Heber temple, they're going to go, what's that? What, how come that's, you know, what happened to my dark skies or why is my panoramic view, you know, not what it was. So I don't know. It has a different meaning. And in these cases where the towns, where there's such uh, negativity sort of happening and these divisive feelings, like you said, Landon, it's going to have a very negative connotation when people drive by or see it they're going to be reminded of the very unpleasant time when they were trying to you know have the temple perhaps put somewhere else so it's just sad all the way around so now this is something that i just found <laughs> so interesting and again this is anecdotal uh but our friends in the preserve our coding neighborhood committee told us that they were contacted by a woman who was not LDS, she's in Cody, and she had a sign in her yard. Um, it's a sign that just says, relocate the temple. Again, we're just trying to have it built somewhere where it adheres to zoning codes and regulations. And she uh, wanted to find out from the neighborhood committee uh, what was happening because she told them uh, two, as I understood it, two young missionaries and two older elders, right? They said that they were elders. Yeah. It was not exactly clear. And again, she wasn't LDS, so she didn't know maybe the verbiage yeah, that we would recognize. When you start using elders. Because yeah. Elder, elder, elder. Yeah. <laughs> who aren't members, elders or older people, but they, they right. the people. So yeah, it was hard to. Right. But four people in suits had shown up to her front door and knocked on it and said, you have that sign in your yard. Uh, don't you know that's already over? That's already happened. The permit's been given. You know, you don't need that sign anymore. It's already over. And then do you remember what else they told us that they said? Um, that it, it was that God wanted the building there. Yeah. And that uh, by fighting that, that she was fighting God uh, because God. Exactly. Building was supposed to go there. And so. Yeah. Actually called trying to find out, uh, is this true? Is, uh, is this location finalized? Is the, uh, and, 
and the permit is issued, but that the lawsuit continues to go on. And the, the Cody neighborhood, if, if they're successful, may be able to, uh, you know, stop the building and, and uh, the judge may say, you need to go back and relook at this. It doesn't, doesn't meet the code. So, um, you know, that's, that's up to the judge at this point. And let's make it right. clear. The church is the one who put it into the court systems in the first place. They yeah. filed three lawsuits leaving yep. no one any choice but to file counter lawsuits to, file back. To, to do this. So if the church wanted to file lawsuits, then the church should be willing to wait until this whole process works out because they're the ones who put it into the court. To begin with. Yeah. But just this idea that, and I don't know if this was a sanctioned effort or something that they're doing, going around talking to each person with a sign in the yard, trying to spread this information that, oh, no, that's it's done. You can take that sign down. Or if this just were, you know, some neighbors that decided to go over. Um, I don't know. But wow, that's really interesting that that some people from the church would actually go to this woman and in you know, the way it was described kind of almost take advantage. You know, she seemed like she was a religious woman. Now she's like, what God wants it. No one told me about God. You know, she had to call and say, is this true? The, the temple's supposed to go here. So if anything, just confusing the issue and confusing people with a door to door approach. So I don't know if any of our viewers know anything about missionaries and Cody going around and talking about the temple. I'd be really curious to hear because again, this is anecdotal. This is one woman who called the neighborhood committee and said, I'm really confused. Should I take my sign down? Is it over? Some and, you know, elders came to my house. I, I would certainly hope this isn't a, uh, you know, a effort, uh, in, on behalf of the church because remember, yeah. the church is not allowed to get into politics exactly so if you've got your representatives going around uh telling people uh, to vote one way or another or to get involved in the politics you're now involved in politics which mm -hmm. uh, means that your uh you know your tax exempt status is in uh question yep. if you're actually doing that in an organized manner so Yep. Of course, so any, we'll see. any member can go do say whatever they want. Of course, if you're actually sending missionaries in an in an, you know, who are representatives wearing your name tag that become to me, that becomes problematic. I don't know the exact legal ramifications, but that would seem to be problematic. Exactly. And that's why we're just saying anecdotally, because she said elders to young elders and then some older, el you know, again, she didn't know the words. So it really could just be ward members of their own volition going around and talking to neighborhood people and saying this fight's over. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. We do not know on Mormonish. We do not know. We just know that this woman was approached by four men in suits saying that they were LDS. So anyway, but, uh, let's look at our, thing, Oh, go ahead. The main thing that Cody wanted us to, to let everyone know is this is not over. They yeah. And I think that's our next slide. Let's two, go to that. Right. Yep. Um, oh, Okay. This is good. This is really good. Yep. And there it is. Temple issue not resolved yet. This was a really good letter to the editor. And like Landon said, this is not over. Don't let anyone come to your house in a suit and tell you that it is. <laughs> so can you read that, Landon? I thought this was a really good letter that was in yeah, um, was a letter to the editor. And uh, it said, quiet is not calm. The temple issue is unresolved. Citizens endorse the succinct clarity of Pat Stewart. If they win in the end, They'll leave Cody with a structure standing not as a testament to their religion or to God, but as a highly visible, impossible to ignore monument to conflict, uh, 
to conflict and a reminder of how a monument to conflict and a reminder of how a giant religious group succeeded in intimidating a small town. Let's hope city officials haven't mistakenly assumed we're over it. Preserve our Cody neighborhoods has a clear read of Cody's pulse. How? POCN volunteers conducted a random ad hoc survey during their short petition drive, talking to regular people in public places. We heard from petition signing teams around Cody from people who, after glancing around furtively, then whispered something like, I agree, it's a wrong location, although I support a temple in the Cody area, but I can't sign because I'm a city worker and can't sign. I'm a teacher and mustn't appear as taking uh, a side. I'm a parent and I can't risk retaliation on my child at school. My work manager is LDS and I need my job. I'm a shop owner and mustn't chance alienating potential customers. I'm in business and can't risk my supply chain, which includes LDS-owned suppliers. I'm a church pastor and I oppose the location, but I can't take an open stand on local politics. I'm a lay leader at my church and I wouldn't want to reflect poorly on my denomination. I'm an LDS wife and I hate this community divide, but I'm not able to oppose the church at all. I'm a card-carrying LDS member and I disagree with my church's actions, but I absolutely cannot speak out against church leaders' decisions. The LDS could liberate the large Cody silent majority, select a new appropriately zoned location. So that's, wow. that's what we see so often is that, uh, you know, is that uh, people want to accuse you of religious bigotry simply because you oppose a, a building on, uh, you know, that it's a, in an improper location. And the church continues to put people in that situation in communities where people say I, that's not appropriate. But if they speak out, they're, you know, they're they're attacked for it. Yeah, no, I thought that letter was, was very telling. So there is a very large silent majority of people for those reasons that we read there and and more that can't actually state their opinion. I mean, I think about um, our lovely new friend who appeared on our podcast before, you know, and she was open about talking about the temple and she's definitely experienced some some backlash on that because she came out a little more publicly. So it's just, just a not great situation all around just for people, the human element, you know, it's not about a building. This is about people and the building, if it gets built is going to stand, but these relationships with people, I think these can be impacted forever. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's look at our next slide. There we go. Okay. And that's what Landon was alluding to. We're still standing. When we asked the Preserve Our Coding Neighborhood Committee what was the most important thing um, that we could get out when we were giving the update, um, it wasn't, oh, this passed or we're fighting this or here's this countersuit. No, it was, this is not a done deal. This is not over at all. There's still a long road and a lot to do. Yeah, and if you want to support them at the end of the, we'll have uh, links to the Preserve Our Cody neighborhood so you can mm -hmm. make a contribution to help them mm -hmm. in their fight uh, against the unwielding uh, power of the church <laughs> and their billions of dollars. That's right, David and Goliath. And again, you can go on Facebook right now to preserve our Cody neighborhoods. You can get information there. They post every couple of days. And when we asked them what they needed, they definitely said, now the city has had to recede. And it is just a group of neighbors that are carrying through in the legal system. And so that takes money. 
that takes help. So they said that is donations are the number one thing because they are out of their own pocket um, going to court, trying to get these things uh, looked at, cooler heads prevail perhaps, and, and trying to continue the fight. So donations are what the Cody neighborhood needs. So I think that wraps up Cody. Can you think of anything else? No, I think that's it. I think it's yep. move to Heber Valley Temple. Move on to Heber Valley Temple update. Yep. Like I said, a tale of two temples. These things are happening in two locations. There are differences, but there are many similarities, wouldn't you say, Landon? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, they're, they're really, uh, uh, we're, we're seeing the church and its complete uh, ability with its money and its power to force through what they want to and all the time they're acting like uh we're a bit we're following all the rules all the laws while they're changing all the rules and all the laws using the money and the power that they've uh accumulated and that's yeah. that really is shown in heber uh the different you know there, there there's many similarities but the big difference between cody and heber is while Cody has, you know, does have LDS people on the planning and zoning and the and the city planner, uh, Heber almost the entire community uh, and and the city, all the city councils, all the uh, all the county councils are pretty much all LDS, mm -hmm. and so the church is just they they just dominate the the political uh, narrative here, and you just see the politicians bending over backwards to help the church, which is not what politicians are supposed to do. They're supposed to represent the community, not their their church. And granted, this is a highly uh, LDS community. Uh, you know, I, I think it's right around 50-50. Yeah, it's still half and half. I think yeah. leadership are predominantly LDS, but the actual residents there are 50-50. Yeah, which shows you that because the church always votes in a block, uh, you know, that they are able, the, the representation is almost all LDS, while the population is only 50-50. And now right. this pop, now these politicians uh, seem to just uh, be, be doing everything they can to accommodate the temple, uh, regardless of the other uh, side of the, uh, you know, the other half of the argument uh, that, that's being made. So, We've got a uh, uh, an update here from some friends that we have up in the area who have been following this and have given us an update. Um, and and to, so here's what's happening at, at Heber. On September 5th, the Heber City Council approved the memorandum memorandum of understanding between the city, Wasatch County, and the LDS Church. The MOU mainly covers the road and roundabout outside the proposed temple parking lot. The vote was three to two. Two council members wanted to defer the vote until more complete information regarding the traffic study and aquifer under the temple site was available. They were also concerned about lighting of the temple because it was being surrounded by city property and the city's outdoor lighting ordinances is more dark sky friendly compared to what the county adopted in April, 2023. The county has not approved the memorandum of understanding yet. So. Uh, there was a, a memorandum of understanding had to go in for the road, and that's between the county and the and the city um, that had to get approved because they the road in there is not uh, is not made to accommodate the number of vehicles that would be going in. So there's a plan to make a traffic circle right outside the temple. There was already a plan to bring a, a, a wider road to that area. 
Um, but as part of the temple, uh, even though the temple's in the county land, the road right, right up to it is city right. road. So they have to go through the city to get the road improvements made and the county to get the land improvements made. So right. the county and the city were going to have a memorandum of understanding so they could uh, you know, work this road out. Uh, actually, two of the city council people said, wait, we want more information on this before we vote but the uh, uh, three of them went ahead and voted on it and it should be understood that the traffic uh, study was made by uh, all the data provided was all provided by the church the church provided the data of what a typical traffic circle would look like uh, using uh, from our understanding traffic information from the bountiful utah temple which sits on the top of a hill at the very end of a yeah, road it's it's, it's very different thing and and that's one of the things that the that the heber valley people are saying is that we want we want to look at this study and understand uh that this is real because uh, the numbers nobody can tell us how these numbers were were arrived at you would think that a city council would say yeah, let's look at this before we yeah, make a decision and, and understand this before we vote. But again, there seems to be this rush to get the temple built by uh, by the uh, by the council people. So they go on and say on September 14th, our group went back to the county planning commission to get its decision on our two ordinance amendments. Uh, so the the Heber Valley group had put together a couple of amendments uh, to that, that they wanted as a result of the county making all these changes. And the first one was a conditional use items, including the addition of a public impact discussion. In other words, they said, we should have a public discussion on this before you vote. And the second one was outdoor lighting policy in line with dark sky preservation. So they said, we want the dark sky needs to, needs to follow the dark sky re recommendations and, and the dark sky requirements, and, and uh, you shouldn't vote on these. Um, so they, they said, these are two things that, that we want. They forwarded both the county council with recommendation. So the, the county planning commission forwarded both of the recommendations to the county commission with the recommendation, recommendation to deny. We presented both sets of amendments to the county council on September 20th. The council denied both submissions. They did, however, agree to set up a subcommittee on the First Amendment, which aims to have more public engagement in larger development processes via public impact discussions. We believe the main concern with both is that they could have an impact on the temple approval until the county approves yeah. the proposed legislative development agreement. So, yeah, what's your... Take okay, off. so I think we should explain if maybe people haven't seen our other video on Heber, the temple is supposed to go in on county land. And so the church was able to go into the county and get a dark skies ordinance changed that had been in place for two decades. They were able to get it changed and not just an exception for the temple, because of course that would look dicey. They changed the ordinance for the entire Wasatch County, which previously to this had never allowed uplighting, right? They're trying to keep it dark, pristine, dark sky status. So they changed it. So now anybody in Wasatch County right now can build anything with any kind of uplighting anywhere. And, and 
of course, on the surface, you could look at that and say, oh, did they do that just for the temple? Interesting. So now the neighborhood is trying to say, we need to revisit this. We need to look at it. And they're saying, nope, nope. However, in the future, if anybody wants to build something, you know, <laughs> with all this uplighting stuff, we need to look at this. So to me, that does say exception for the temple in a weird workaround way. Is that kind of how you see it? Oh, absolutely. They're saying, oh, sure. That's a great idea for the future, but we're not going to do it this time. In the future, yeah. anyone wants to build anything, that, those are good ideas. But for now, no, we don't want to do it. We recommend you deny yeah. it. And there's only one reason for that, because they want to see the temple go in. Uh, they're right. LDS people, and they want to see the, the, the temple go in. That's the reason that they're right. doing that. Uh, the, if you think it's a great idea for everybody else, then it's a great idea for the temple. Uh, but yeah. that's that's not what they do. Um, yeah. There, there's another legislative, uh, we expect the County Planning Commission and Council will hold public hearings on the Legislative Development Agreement in October and perhaps November. The LDA, in our opinion, is a means to get around the standard conditional use process, which the temple may not qualify. Remember, in Hebrew, we've got a, a different situation than Cody. In Cody, the, the roof line is 30 feet in an area that's mm -hmm. designed for 30 feet, and you've got, you've got a... a what they calling a spire, which is really more of a tower. Yeah, they um, call it a steeple. It's not a steeple. It's literally a tower. Isn't that yeah. funny? It's and not it a steeple. On the roof and it goes 110 feet in the air, which is obviously three times the the height limit. Um, right. But there are the argument of the city of the church is well, if the roof line's 30 feet, and the steeple doesn't count as roof. Um, and so that's the argument they're making here in Heber. You've got a 30 foot limit on the roof height and the roof is 100 over 100 feet tall. It's three times the allowed limit. Then you've got steeples going on top of that, taking it up to 200 and something feet. So you, you've literally got a building that is, um, you know, uh, five, six, seven times the height that it's allowed in this area. So in order to get around this, um, they are uh, the County Planning Commission um, is trying to form a legislative uh, development agreement. And I looked this up. This is this is uh, the definition of what well, it says, what's the purpose of a development agreement? The development agreement is essentially a planning tool that allows public agencies greater latitude to advance local planning policies, sometimes in new and creative ways. Ooh. Yeah, which basically means it allows you to uh, make exceptions and and uh, work around to kind of weasel around local planning <laughs> laws. And why would the city planning commission want to do this other than they want to have this temple there as a result of their religious beliefs, not as a result of the pre-ordained uh, county government right. regulations and ordinances zoning in this and. Area. Yeah. And again, I think we need to stress for those that may be hearing about this for the first time, the size of this temple is incredible. We're talking 88,000 square feet. Um, we had a graphic on our last podcast. I don't think we have it today. But for example, the Tucson temple could comfortably fit inside this temple. Like this temple is mammoth, tall, large, uh, gargantuan. How many adjectives can I think of? But it, it's absolutely huge and and i think that's what a lot of the residents i think a lot of the residents don't realize how large it's going to be and those that do question why and that's why all these 
Weasley Wiggly, you know, ordinances and things that they're trying to to do these workarounds because they know that area is not zoned for anything like that. And as we talked about before, it's in the path to the airport. I mean, there's there's so many different things, you know. Well, and that's their, their letter actually goes on. To, there are still major concerns with the overall size, 220 feet tall, 88,000 mm-hmm. square feet. And now mm-hmm. we understand, uh, well, they think the parking may be going up. I think it's 450 right now. Yeah. Uh, they've heard rumors that it might go to 600. Uh, mm-hmm. The requirement for a proper traffic study and major groundwater and aquifer concerns dealing with pumping of 80 to 115 million yeah. gallons of water annually. Yeah, that, appears- that's a huge issue. If you're not familiar on um, this land, there's an aquifer. They will have to pump away millions of gallons from that area and pump it somewhere else. And this will be an ongoing thing. Initially, it'll be happening and then an ongoing thing to keep that land uh, to keep that land to code with that aquifer there. Yeah, and it says it appears the county officials will do whatever is needed to approve the temple permitting, regardless of the impact to the entire county. We remaining, hopefully, that common sense will eventually prevail. Since some of the Heber City Council members are concerned with the new county's lighting ordinance, we gave a short presentation on September 19th to the council. Uh, Oh, yeah. Is that our next slide? um, (laughs) Yeah, so. um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this is. uh, this is interesting. Um, you want to go ahead and tell a little bit about this, uh, Rebecca? Yeah, they did. They made a presentation, and one of our friends in the in the Heber neighborhood group, you know, they said they got up and it was it was dark skies that this person was presenting, and then it was one of the council members, correct, Landon, that actually yeah. said, they, they, uh, "Well, they, they said, yeah, we understand you went on Mormonish podcast, and uh, and he was upset because." Uh, they had gone on a podcast that, you know, didn't agree with his church's <laughs> beliefs. Uh, what he saw as, a, as an anti-Mormon podcast. Um, in fact, you know, what we are is we're a, a podcast that ch- checks the Mormon church's, uh, you know, claims. And uh, to me, this was just completely uh, inappropriate uh, because he's fine with them going to KSL, Deseret News, the church news. The church, the church going to them to talk about their story. Yeah. The church owns all of these newspapers. In fact, I think they even play in the Salt Lake Tribune. There's local newspapers, which are owned by LDS citizens. uh, And it's fine to go to any of them, but you can't go to him going to someone other than uh, a you know, that, that that's a non-controlled media that might have a, a, a difference of opinion with the church was unacceptable. And he expressed that in in uh, in the in the meeting, even though he hadn't even seen the episode, uh, which yeah. was done very well with uh, all of the arguments for the aquifers, yep. the, Just the, uplighting, the the different facts uh, was presented by the Cody Neighborhood Committee. Uh, or the Heber Neighborhood on. Committee. Yeah. So this this shows you the mindset that these city council people have is that you know you're you're not allowed to to discuss anything with anyone other than approved church sources evidently or a church right but here's here's the issue with the approved church sources nobody will give the heber residents an interview they have done interviews and it's been canceled. They've had somebody, you know, said, I'm sorry, we pulled the interview. They have had somebody coming over to interview them and that's been canceled. They have a real struggle 
to try to get some of their concerns out. So to come on Mormonish, that was their way of saying, oh, you guys will have anybody, right? <laughs> but to have somebody on just to go through, it was basically a slide presentation of data about the area and what was really happening. And, you know, for them to say, you went on this, this show and you did that, well, where else are they supposed to go? I would say since they came on Mormonish, there have been a few other media outlets that have done, you know, a story on what would be called the opposing view. But most stories that we see, of course, have a heavy slant um, toward the church's point of view. So there should be back and forth. There should be dialogue. This is what we think. Well, this is what the residents think. But unfortunately, as it says in this title here, the Hebrew residents are really struggling to get the media coverage that they need. Yeah. And, and, Anyone, the church hides behind the First Amendment for freedom of speech, but they sure don't believe it appears these people don't believe in, you know, uh, freedom of the press or freedom yeah. of free speech, your ability to go out and say, we disagree with this and uh, to say it where you want and on whatever uh, media you want. Right. We, we have a small, small footprint, um, oh. but the church <laughs> owns the media in Utah. Yeah, they have no problem getting the message out. They can send a letter out on an email string and get to tens of thousands of people in an instant. And yet their problem was that that these residents went and went on a, a podcast to get their, uh, you know, message heard that that to me. Right. Is extremely uh, frustrating, not as a, not just because I run Mormonish, but because of a uh, as a citizen that right. leaders would would be this uh, blatant in their uh, you know, attitudes towards other people's opinions. Exactly. And I actually wish that that councilman had watched that Mormonish episode because it really was just a slide presentation. It probably had more accurate data than some of the things that they were looking at. Maybe, I mean, that's being facetious, but you know, it was, it was an excellent slide presentation just about the concerns and the information and the data. I mean, these residents are, really smart. They're doing due diligence. They're gathering information. So I almost wish the council might've looked at it because they might've seen a different point of view, maybe. So, yeah, but it, the council member who made that comment apparently said that he would go watch it. So maybe he did. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We made the big time with the Heber City Council. Now, he can't get enough of it. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's a fan. I don't I doubt it. Oh my goodness. I know. But I, I, I did feel, I mean, for one, I was like, oh, my gosh, we're being seen there. And and then I just kind of thought, you know, that's really sad that they can't get any other outlet to really come and talk to them or present their stories. So so like Landon mentioned, um, there were many letters to the editor. We were going to read some of them, but I think we probably for sake of time. But people are definitely weighing in. They're writing in and um, they're expressing their opinion, um, at least in the in various newspapers and online. Do we have a letter there, Landon, or do we want to just move to the next very interesting letter? Is it enough just to say there are some really good letters and and they're really like comprehensive. I think that's maybe, well, now this is a really good one. Gosh, it's kind of long though. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, people are aware of these issues. They're really aware and, and they're really weighing in, but whether or not that reaches the level of where the city council or the county would take note, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. And uh, yeah, the letter, uh, there is a letter uh, in the park uh, record mm -hmm. uh, that uh, is really good uh, by Bruce Quaid, for those who might want to look that up, uh, talking about, you know, uh, the, the temple and it being built there. 
uh, he brings up some good points about, you know, that the LDS temple is 60% larger than the White House, um, which is- Two times uh, bigger than the Taj Mahal. Two, yeah, two <laughs> times bigger than the Taj Mahal. Yeah, these are these are all yeah. issues that, uh, you know, this thing is massive. Uh, it's, it's going to match the Leighton, Utah temple, which they mm -hmm. just finished, uh, which is just two miles from my house. I went up, took some pictures. This thing is massive. It dominates every structure around it. And that's the problem. It's not that it's a religious structure. It's that it dominates every structure around it. It's like going and building. You don't go into a, a small town community and build a high rise building. It just yeah. sticks completely out of it's out of out of space. It's it's not in the right. right space. And that's how these structures are. You can see them forever. You can they light them up. It's just a glow on the horizon, way brighter than everything else. I took I took a lot of pictures. Of Do you it. want to fast forward to that slide, Landon, really quick? Yeah, because we, he did. He went on a little photo tour real quick here. I think yeah. it's two or three slides down. Um, we were going to talk about that. Yeah, I don't I don't think we put those in. Yeah, I, we did. We made one with them in there. OK, let me see. It said I... Landon's field trip. There so there it is. There it is. Yeah, you can see uh, there on the on the <laughs> bottom right how this thing just sticks out. Uh, that is not sitting there by itself. There's apartment buildings. There's a church right across the street yeah. from it. Uh, there's houses around it, uh, but you wouldn't know it. This thing yeah. is so much taller than everything around it uh, that it just dominates the skyline. And you can see how much brighter it is. That's the city lights behind it. And you can see how much brighter it is that, than everything else. So, uh, you know, these things are massive. And, uh, you know, we uh, th that that's why it's a concern to citizens. Should one yep. church be able to build something that just sticks out and dominates this, this city skyline more? And they don't have to follow the same rules that everybody else right. does. And that's that's where the problem is. So Yeah. No, good job on the field trip. That that's awesome. And again, I don't think the pictures quite do it justice. I mean, it it's it really is just overwhelming when you drive up and and see that there. It's just yeah. it changes everything forever. So so anyway, lots of good letters to the editors. You guys can look those up in the various publications in the Hebrew Valley area. And then uh, we became aware of a letter, and I'm assuming there are lots of letters that are written to the city council about this. I'm guessing there are tons, but of course we don't really have information on that. But but we did learn of one letter um, that was emailed to the city council um, by a faithful LDS person who shared some concerns, you know, um, basically kind of the things that we were talking about now, although they were faithful LDS. And the response was really interesting. It was sent via email on government email. It was .gov, right, in the response from one of the council members. And Basically, the email just said a lot of things that an LDS person would respond to pioneer heritage, um, you know, sort of duty, and then even alluding to why don't we ask ourselves why President Nelson would have chosen this spot. So a government email to a citizen writing in, bringing up President Nelson as if he's part of the process, you know, the civic process. What did you think about that, Landon? Yeah, again, this just shows the mindset that, uh, you know, oh, those of us that are LDS, we need to buck up and support the church. Uh, and and to be doing that from within a government uh, position and referring to counsel by President Nelson uh, in, a, in an email from a government 
uh, is completely inappropriate to me. Uh, when yeah. I saw that, I was just, uh, I was beside myself going, this is completely inappropriate. Uh, Landon was cranky. Yeah, yes, yes, for government. <laughs> to put it mildly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the people who were non-LDS who saw it that we talked to also were going, yeah. why would they answer They like said, that? what is this? Why, why would, would the city government? to President Nelson as yeah. the person who makes the decisions and who leads us? Right. It's one thing and the reason the that we should be okay United with it. States, it's another yeah. thing if it's the president yeah. of a church that half the people don't belong to. So Right. And I, I wonder if someone who is not LDS and wrote a letter to the city, you know, would the city council member say to the person who was not LDS, you need to really think about President Nelson and, and why he chose that spot for the temple? Because that citizen would go, think about who? What? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it, it is a really it's a very interesting dynamic there. So it's just all right. we're, we're seeing the church we're we're seeing that the politicians have an extreme bias towards the church yeah. and towards getting this temple built in because they're temple attending members who have taken an oath to build this church up and now that oath is overtaking their municipal responsibility to look at this right. responsibly as a municipality and the concerns of all the citizens and not right. just weighing in their own uh personal church bias in that. Right. But I would almost even say perhaps it's almost impossible to be impartial and they may not really understand that, even be aware of that a bias in themselves. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I think that, there's a possibility of that. They're not even aware of that bias. And it's it's certainly everyone has biases and nobody can argue that. And we're going to get a ton of letters saying, no, you're just yeah. biased. We're I, very biased. I, I, I know it's I hard. It's really rough. However, when you're looking at the voting record and you're seeing that th that the LDS people are 100% voting with the church, that's not realistic. On a, if this was a Walmart, would it be 100%? If this was a, a you know any other structure, would would they be voting 100% on dark sky changing? Would the they dark have changed ordinance? county ordinances right and away for a Walmart or a hotel or something like that that was going to be that size? I think maybe not, or talk about it longer or get more input. Right, right. And it's all right to have biases, but there's got to be uh, a leveling that both sides get mm -hmm. to be heard. And yeah. uh, that's what's not happening here because we just see over and over and over again uh, the approval of this without, uh, you know, right down the party line. And, yeah. and the party in this case is a church, not a political party. Um, and so you expect that there should be some disagreement amongst the the individuals on the council. Yeah, there's supposed to be. That's the point of the We're council. Supposed, different points of view, yeah. different interests, and you all just fight it out and look then come out Cody. with something that hopefully, yeah. Yeah, look at Cody where everyone's not. There's The, the, the votes mm -hmm. are very, very narrow, you know. And yet you look at, you look at uh, Heber and it's right down, you know, it, it's almost yeah. 100%. And in and, and, and all the cases in Cody, the church members are voting the church party way. And in Heber, the church members are voting the church party line. So yeah. that shows a bias when there's no level of, of, you know, well, wait, the water is an issue. I think this needs to be looked at yeah. before we make a vote. But there, there's none yep. of that. There's a rush to get it through. So, yep. Um, so then... 
uh, we became aware of, Landon alluded to this before, that um, if you're not familiar, um, when you're a member of the LDS Church, they usually, you will give your contact information so they can send out, you know, things from your ward or stake. So like, like Landon said, at a touch of a button, a lot of people can get an email at the same time. And so there was an email sent out from the church. Um, it was a pretty lengthy email, so we're certainly not going to read the whole thing. But I think I'll just read the beginning just to give you an idea of what all these residents receive. So it has the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints letterhead. It's called a letter to residents of Wasatch County, and it was sent out on the 25th of September. So just a week or so ago. I, I do want um, to point something out here. It's called a letter to residents of Wasatch County, yet they sent it out through the church official email change through the yeah. residents. Yeah, in fact, I don't believe anybody of our friends in Cody um, received this letter until it was given to them by a concerned citizen who's also a member of the church. So I think they had to get this letter through other methods. They certainly didn't get it emailed to them. So and I don't think it was published anywhere else. I could be wrong, but I do know that the residents who were in the church system received the email. Is that a fair way to characterize it? Landon? Yeah, that's the, the things we saw so. had email uh, from the yeah. stake presidency. Yeah. And it's even yeah. said in here that the church, that they had help writing this from the church website. Yeah, it was like sent from the church to the stake president who then decided to send it to, to everybody else. So it says in September 2022, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints identified the site for a temple to be built in the Heber Valley. And it gives the address. Um, a ceremonial groundbreaking service was held on the church's property, like right away <laughs> in October of 2022. And President Nelson was actually there in anticipation that through the winter months, the necessary approvals would be received. So construction could begin in early summer. So they didn't have any permits or even approvals, but they put the shovel in the ground and said, we're doing this, which I think is common. I think a lot of businesses operate that way too. Okay. Uh, the planning and approval process has taken more time than anticipated, but the church is now in the final stages of working with Wasatch County staff, because again, it's on county land. This is county land in the middle of city land to comply with relevant zoning development code and ordinance requirements. The church anticipates that the temple site plan application and associated documents will be on a meeting agenda of the county's planning commission in October of 2023. So they're hoping everything will be resolved this month um, prior to going before the city council for review. Neighbors of the church's property were invited to an open house in March to see for themselves the renderings and site plans for the temple. Now, again, in our other broadcast, we talked about this meeting that a lot of our friends there went to, and they felt extraordinarily unheard. Um, they said that the people there would not really listen. And these are smart people. A lot of them did this professionally um, prior to this and presented all kinds of information and data. Um, at the end of the meeting, the representatives from the church basically just said, well, this is happening. That was their take. So interesting. Um, but the church said they had a meeting back in March. Okay. Um, along with enthusiasm for the temple project. So there is lots of enthusiasm. That's true. In some cases, concerns, inaccurate information and misinformation have been shared on social media. Do you think they're talking about us? <laughs> not sure. They might be, maybe, in some news articles. And we're not trying to share anything inaccurate. We're trying to, you know share information so i don't it's, know it's Ta funny that they say it's inaccurate and yet if you go to the church to ask them uh, and the cody neighborhood has gone repeatedly to the church yeah. asking for over and over 
and the church will not give it to them. But they will not give it to tell you, oh, they have inaccurate yeah. information yet. The church or misinformation. Won't provide yeah. the accurate. Information. No, they won't. They've had to find things through all kinds of workarounds, you know, to go straight to them and say, can you tell us what hours this will be lit? No. Can you tell us, you know, how many cars will be? No. So they've had to do all. I mean, they're putting in, it's almost like a full-time job yes. for these people. It's incredible. Um, and in some news articles. To help community members better understand the church's position, we offer the following responses and clarifications to some of the issues that have been raised. So, you know, Landon and I kind of made the observation, God, it seems like these concerns are almost in order of how we talked about them on Mormonish. <laughs> so, but that, they're just the issues. I mean, that's what they are. So we're not going to read through all the responses, but for example, they talk about the, um, the church will pump away millions of gallons of groundwater a day, and this valuable resource will be lost to the citizens of Wasatch County. Yes, that's a concern. That's one of the things we talked about. So these are the kinds of things in this letter, the church gives some answers um, to some of these questions that are coming up. Um, the tower is too tall for the airport. Flashing lights will be required. The church says, no, it's just going to be one steady red light. Um, the night lighting. <laughs> no, I didn't think so either. I thought, no, rest assured, it's just going to be one really large glaring red light. On You'll be fine. Time, yeah, and all the time. <laughs> and we did make the joke about Moroni having the little, you yeah. know, airline, you know. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the night lighting of the temple, um, they get into that issue, reassuring people. Um, one of the concerns, why won't the church listen to the concerns of residents? and build the temple in another location or make it smaller or shorter. And they go through and answer, you know, so they definitely have, you know, they're trying to, because what how I interpret this is that, you know, the members of the church are hearing from residents and other people, all these things, and they need to have an answer to give back. So the church is definitely answering. I'm worried about traffic, um, pressure on county officials, and um, various things like that. So, um, you know, they're definitely aware that there's concern out there in the community and they're trying to give answers um, to people. And I guess maybe now we'll probably take some flack. I just thought about this because we're not reading their answers. So that makes but us look biased, doesn't it? That. Uh, we will, it's we so will long. That, we will put that on the uh, uh, on our website. We'll put the uh, uh, we're, we're expecting that there will be a response to this or rebuttal. Yeah. And I think that's our next slide. Exactly. Yeah, we, the, uh, well, yeah. And the next slide doesn't have anything on it because we don't. It have just says rebuttal. Back. So we'll just talk about that. Yeah. Just that the, we know that the residents are working on a response. I guess it's a response to the response. Right. I, I yeah. mean, it's just kind of a back and forth. But what we'd love to see um, is some bigger news organizations get involved and actually dive in to these concerns, both points of view, because both sides are putting out, you know, what they consider to be accurate, factual, fact-based information. So I'd like to see, you know, some bigger news organizations really dive into this. So, yeah. Okay. And the other let's thing, go. To the, the other reason we're not putting this out is it's written much like a, a gospel topics essay. Uh, yeah. They give you answers to satisfy you while leaving out a lot of information yeah. uh, that that uh, so they're not presenting both sides. They're presenting only one side. And the church has all of these media outlets that they put out this information and that they that they can put this through. And uh, we we are not going to 
be one that puts that out for them without at least the the response so that it's a balanced yeah. uh, response. If we had the response, we would. And they are coming out with that. And that will be out hopefully yep. in the next week as I hear. So, okay, let's go to our next slide. Okay, rebuttal, that's coming. Um, okay, then we found uh, there's a petition out there circulating for people to sign to say, yes, build this temple, right? So I saw it on social media, sign the petition, let's build the Heber Valley Temple. And it has a lot of wording from the church's site about the temple. Um, very positive, very encouraging about why we need to remember that it's important that we get this built. And so there's definitely a petition circulating. Yeah, and we need to emphasize around. this is not to, this isn't a petition to stop the temple. This no, is a to build. petition to approve it, which means the yes. church is saying, Hey, all of our members sign a petition so that we right. can show that everybody wants this temple in, in the town. And it's clearly, you know, again, uh, it's it's from this Heber Valley Temple Nation Builder dot com. What? Right. Who is that? Uh, that uh, I'm guessing that the church has a hand in that as well. But uh, well, and that's why I mentioned the verbiage that, you know, if you click into the survey, don't sign it, <laughs> but click in. Um, it definitely has verbiage taken. And it even says this is taken from the church's website. So as we all know, you can't take anything from the church's website without getting approval um, because they won't let you. So yeah, I think it's definitely, uh, you know, an approved, or at least a survey that they're they're okay with it being out there. So, and then we got some really interesting information. Why don't you talk about this, Lynn? And this, every, things are just blowing my mind everywhere. On yeah, one of the, one of the, comments and this is a this is one they address in their letter is they say that the that the temple is appropriately sized for the location that that was one right. of the concerns uh we brought but, up in our original that you know that this that the area has like thirty thousand residents that's if you're counting yeah. park city and heber and yet it's got a temple the size of linden and layton which yeah. have hundreds of thousands of members uh around them and so everyone's saying, why does this temple need to be so huge in this small right. community? And the church yeah. simply, this is one of the places where the church simply says it, we've sized it appropriately for the number yeah, of people that we have in the area. And that's sufficient. how they leave it. Well, we've heard, <laughs> uh, and someone brought this up and it, uh, it, it completely makes sense now. Yeah. Uh, if, if, uh, anyone familiar with the, uh, church knows that one of that the largest, uh, uh, camp for girls is the Heber Valley Girls Camp, which is located, as the name suggests, in Heber. And the intent of what we're hearing is, is the intent is that all of these girls going to girls camp will now be going to the temple to do baptisms and to do temple work as part of their camp experience. And that's why they're building this so large is because they're expecting large groups of people coming from these girls camps uh, that, uh, you know, to, to indoctrinate the girls, uh, uh, of their requirement to get married in the temple and how important this temple is. I haven't been to Heber Valley girls camp. I don't know if you can see the temple from wherever this camp is at. Yeah. Uh, that would certainly be a symbol where they'd point down the Valley and say, Oh, look, girls, this is, you know, the, the place that you will go and you can see it from there. I don't know if you can or not, Yeah, I don't but, know either. uh, Again, this is going to bring a lot of cars, a lot more traffic than's in the traffic study if they're actually yeah. bringing all the girls from camp 
in to do this temple work. And this is some of the things that were overheard at some of the meetings that they were at was that, oh, well, we're bringing these girls and women in. And everyone's going, what girls and women? What girls and women? What? <laughs> well, sense. and I guess we should, it does make sense. And I, I guess we should ex explain if you're, if you're watching and you're not familiar with what a girls camp is, um, part of the uh, summer activities for girls in the LDS church, you get to go away for a week of camp. You know, you take women leaders with you and you can see some of the pictures here on our slide. It's a rustic camp setting. There's activities, gospel centered, you know, and as we heard at this point, and these girls rotate through all summer, like a different group will come every week, like all summer long. And so lots and lots of girls and, and women leaders. And as we heard, I think Landon, correct me if I'm wrong, that at this point they, they do drive down to Provo as part of girls camp from Heber to attend the temple there as part of camp already. So well, they're already making that said. trek. Someone said that. We don't know. Yeah. yeah, we don't know. But if that's the case, that makes, you know, that makes a lot of sense. They don't want to do that. Take a whole day, drive all the way down when they can just go to this, you know, beautiful Heber Valley Temple that is right here. And it also explains the size. So that was a really interesting piece of information that if it is tied to the Heber Valley Girls Camp, which is humming all summer long, you know, with hundreds and hundreds of girls nonstop throughout the summer months. Yeah, that, you know, and that that is uh, somewhat uh, concerning. Well, it, it just doesn't make sense that you you're taking an outdoor destination, which is what Heber Valley is, which is why the girls are taken up into the mountains to experience right. outdoor and nature. And then you build a giant building in the middle of the of the valley uh, where the girls already have access to a temple. They're all coming from the Wasatch Front where they have dozens of temples they can attend. Yeah. But you're taking them up to the mountain so that they can go to the temple again. It. it Heber Valley is an outdoor enthusiast area, and now you're putting this yeah. gigantic building in the middle of it so that the people going to have a camping experience can go to the temple that they could go do while they're at along the Wasatch Front to begin with. It, it just doesn't make any sense, but it's certainly... Well, the point of Girls Camp is a gospel-centered experience, so the temple would be... You know, I'm sure they could see it that way, that that would be oh, a, focal, no, I, a highlight, a pinnacle. <laughs> I don't disagree, but then uh, you could do the temple, go to your local temple before you go to Heber Valley. Right, and then head up to camp. And, and then know. head it up to camp. Yeah, seems to, weird. to ruin the outdoor yeah. feel of Heber in order to have this just seems yeah. contrary you know, contradictory to me. No. And again, I'll say destination temple. I know I took some flack for that before, but I think that's really true. Some temples really are built, you know, just to be a fabulous destination. I would say the Rome temples like that. I think the Thailand temple, you know, where there's very limited membership, it's only open a couple times a week for a couple sessions, but it has a presence and it sends a message, you know, and those temples tend to be very grand and ornate and, and be seen by everyone. So destination. And, and if that is going to be the case, uh, the church certainly needs to make that known to the community, because that's certainly yeah. going to have an impact on the uh, mm -hmm. traffic when you have tens of thousands of campers uh, over the summer going to the temple. Uh, and that should yep. certainly be made known if that's if that's the intent. Yep. So interesting to find out if that's true. I guess we'll find out as things go along. There we are back to Landon's field trip with that. And again, this temple, Leighton Temple, uh, a thousand square feet smaller than Heber. This is slightly smaller, but a very similar size. And we went to the Linden Temple. Oh, I can't believe we didn't include those pictures. It's under construction. We stopped by there um, a couple weeks ago 
because it's right in the area. And again, just right in the middle of a residential area and just massive. But again, no pushback on that. Everybody seems really excited that it's going in right there in Linden. So, but it's big. It's very big. And that and that, that should be pointed out as well that, uh, you know, there's these two temples that are in the outdoor areas that uh, people are, are responding to. This one's two miles from my house. I have no opposition to it. There's one going right. uh, in my city uh, in Syracuse. They're building a temple. I have no opposition to that. Uh, yeah. It's these ones that are destroying the outdoor views and the dark skies initiatives in places that uh, people go to to enjoy those type of activities and the church then putting its imprint on there and ruining that for that experience yeah. for uh, people who don't see the temple as a, uh, you know, as something friendly. In fact, for those who uh, who uh, have left the church, it can often be a, a, a symbol of, of hurt and divisiveness right. that Triggering. they're not allowed to go see their family be married simply because they don't believe the same way their family does. So uh, to those people, this is not a beautiful building that represents love and God's God's love. It, it you know, shows uh, divisiveness and that you're not right. worthy to be in it, you know, so yeah, you, <laughs> and you pain, need to look at pain it for sides. strained family it, relationships. Painful. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Very good point, Landon. I agree. All right. So then a very interesting thing happened uh, just a few days ago. This video popped up in the Heber area. Nobody really knows where it came from. It's extremely well-produced, highly produced. It's called Let's Talk About the Temple. Um, and it's basically uh, two women visiting. Um, and the one woman is just trying to kind of explain a little bit about the temple and ask questions does the other woman really understand what's happening? And it's all done in a very friendly conversational way. And the woman in white there that you can see, I have a little clip from it. You know, she says, well, of course the temple is going to go in. It's our temple. And, and that's what we want to build. And the other woman says, well, have you ever thought about how our neighbors feel about this? And what do you mean how our neighbors feel? It's supposed to go there. It's our temple. You know, and the other woman's like, well, I mean, maybe they feel like they're not heard maybe very much. You know, how would you feel if I needed something from you and I just sent my lawyer over instead and said I was going to sue you. And the woman in white said, well, gosh, I guess I wouldn't feel really good that you just didn't want to talk to me and hear my concerns. So it's it's produced and put out in a way that, you know, it's it's a very gentle video, but the point is getting across, you know, why aren't we listening to people who have these valid concerns? And then toward the end, uh, the woman in blue starts saying, do you even know how big this temple is going to be? And the woman in white says, well, no, I don't. And she goes, do you realize that it's going to be, you know, 60% bigger than the White House? And and uh, I think she actually says two times bigger than the Taj Mahal. I think that's the comparison she uses. And the woman in white says, I didn't know that. Why is it so big? You know, so it's definitely a video that says we still need to talk and let's talk in a civilized friendly way. And let's try to understand each other's points of view and concerns. Let's just not, you know, go with the blinders on, go with the party line. Let's understand this. So it's a wonderful video, I thought, to, it, to it just foster communication. Yeah, fantastic video. It, it really made mm -hmm. you think, you know, hey, both sides really need to talk through these yep. issues and work through mm -hmm. these issues. And there should be some other concerns uh, that are brought up out there, you know. Yep. For sure. Yeah. So we encourage everybody to look this up. As far as I know, it's still on YouTube. And again, nobody knows where it came from or why. Um, but it definitely shows, you know, let's let's 
consider the other side, the other point of view. There are valid points on each side and let's try to understand. And also it shows, um, for example, the woman in white didn't really know some of the issues. She hadn't really taken the time to look or, or thought about it. She just thought the temple needs to go there because it's our temple. I mean, that was kind of the argument. It's ours. Of course, it needs to go there. But there are bigger issues that that somebody might be encouraged to look at. So everybody go check this video out. It was really well done. And again, no one knows where it came from. So thank you if anybody's watching who produced it, which I doubt, but <laughs> it was really well done. We really, really thought it was really impactful. So, all right. So I think we're at the end here. And I put on this slide a double whammy. This story needs to be told. And for our listeners, there's a picture of both temples. Uh, what do you think about that, Landon? A double whammy. And the story needs to be told. It, it does need to be told. There is, there is so many similarities between these two temples and the actions of the church and how they've uh, gone in and just taken over communities to get what they want. And, and it, that's not the way that the church I belonged to, uh, that I pictured it, uh, behaving, you know, uh, I would picture that, uh, they could go in and have, have some conversations and work through these issues and, and make some concessions, uh, that these buildings do not need to be lit the way they are, that they do not need to be so large. You can go into a building that is small, that is not uplit, that is not glaring uh, to the entire community, that's not uh, offensive to the entire community. And I know that people who love the temple say it's the most beautiful building. We love to go there. And there's no doubt these are beautiful buildings, but they're not beautiful buildings when they're put into a setting that they're not appropriate for, uh, that dominates it and makes people who aren't of that religion uh, that it has to dominate their life uh, and their view uh, as well, uh, simply because the church wants to put it there. And there's several things the church, you know, the church has not said uh, in a lot, you know, just like the letter. One thing we didn't bring up uh, in either of our podcasts, I don't think, is that the church has the first rights on uh, the dairy farm that is all around Heber. the Heber Valley Temple, mm -hmm. which means that as soon as the temple gets built, they will start to building and developing uh, expensive homes and making money. Yeah. I'm guessing they're not going to do low-income housing, which is what no. you would expect a church to be building. It's what we've seen before, I think, is what we're saying, Landon, that typically yeah. those luxury homes go in all around the temple. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the church will profit from it. And that's what yeah. they're not saying. And that needs to be said. That needs to be mm -hmm. part of the discussion of what's mm -hmm. what's the plan after this as well. Yeah. Um, it's not fair for people to move into an area. They retire to these areas. Mm -hmm. They take their entire life savings to buy a place. And then all of a sudden, the view that they are going to live out the rest of their lives with gets blocked by these giant uh lit up buildings uh that, and the traffic the, and the traffic, traffic and just infrastructure that's all part of it too yeah, so yeah and i don't think a lot of people know about that first right on the dairy farm i'm glad you brought that up because that's right there so yeah it's it's just a bigger question and a bigger issue and i think when we say the story needs to be told i think i wish some larger news outlet would pick up both stories and report on them together. Because like you said, Landon, there are differences, of course, in details and things, but there are so many similarities in how this is all playing out and how it's all working, going, you know, suing and, you know, oh, there's just so many similarities that I think that is the larger 
story and you could really, here I am making a plea to larger news outlets, but you, you could really dig into this with the two examples here that are happening at the very same time. Everything's on the same trajectory. Two citizens groups, you know, lawsuits. It's, it's just, it's uh, the and, two and stories together are very powerful and very telling, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I don't know that there's any lawsuits yet on Heber Valley. Um, yeah, I guess that's true. Because the church owns the you know, right. The, the political. I guess I should say using the legal process um, to an advantage or something. Maybe that's how we could say it. Definitely. Yeah, they're changing the laws. They're changing the laws quite quickly and easily. To yep. accommodate the temple. Yep. And you yep. can say, well, everyone has a right to change the law. Well, I agree with that you have the right to petition. But when you when you have the, as much money and as much power and as much influence as the church has, and you've gained it all at the expense of not having to pay taxes, not having, you know, getting these religious exemptions, which are supposed to forbid you from having any political influence. And yet the church completely dominates the political environment of Utah. And anyone who says otherwise is absolutely fooling themselves and everybody else. Everyone knows the church dominates the, the politics in Utah, you know, and, and that's, how they get around these things. And that's not fair to the people who are not members. And a government is supposed to be watching out for all citizens, not just the dominant uh, uh, religious culture of the area. Well, there it is. Landon has said it. <laughs> anyway, we just, we would love to, we would love to have this story um, go farther, you know, and just look at everything it means. And a big picture, a big picture, bigger than Cody bigger than Heber, like you were talking about, Landon. So, all right. Well, I think we've covered it. Do you think we've covered it? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. And there will be updates, of course. We'll hopefully get that rebuttal letter or response letter from Heber um, up on our website or in our show notes, if, if we even get it in time. So we will look into doing that. But um, in the meantime, please comment. Let us know uh, what you think about these two ongoing situations with the Cody Wyoming Temple and also the Heber Valley Temple. Um, let us know... Um, if you've had experiences with a temple moving into your town, good or bad, like I said, hundreds of temples are built all over the world with absolutely no problem. And people welcome them into the, the neighborhood because they fit in with the zoning requirements and the ordinances. So let us know your experiences. Uh, please like and subscribe to Mormonish. We appreciate that so much. And, and if you'd like to be made aware of when new episodes come out, you can hit that notification bell and that will make you aware. If you'd like to help financially to support Mormonish podcasts and all of our infrastructure, and we have links in the show notes to how you can donate through PayPal and Venmo. And we Absolutely love and appreciate everybody that does donate. And we just, we appreciate all our viewers and listeners regardless, don't we, Landon? We, we love this. Absolutely. We do. Yep. We love talking to you guys and meeting you guys and interacting with you guys. And so thank you very much. We will see you again next time. Thanks from Mormonish. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Mormonish. We really appreciate our listeners and would love to hear from you if you have a story you'd like to share. You can email us at mormonishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, mormonishpodcast.org. And don't forget to look for us on YouTube and like and subscribe. Keep joyful, everybody.